Welcome to the Next Tuesday Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Susie. I'm Caroline. And we're making women great again, even though we were already pretty great. We share authentic business stories, one woman at a time. We're a little Wall Street and a little Woo Woo. We'll see you next and every Tuesday. Hello. Hey, everybody. What's up? What's up? We are here um, on a beautiful, finally spring day. Finally spring day. It's been so cold. Like, I don't, I mean, we had a really mild winter, but it's just been very cold ever since then. (laughs) Yeah, we thought spring had sprung last week and we were very wrong. It snowed literally the day before we were like, it's spring. And then it wasn't, it wasn't. And then it wasn't spring. But Um, now it actually looks like spring. um, So Suze, talk to us about what's going on in like the, I don't know. In the energy world. In the energy world. (laughs) Yeah. You were just talking, she was telling me all this like cool stuff that's happening. And I'm like, okay, okay. okay." Well, Sunday, it was the new moon in Aries, which I've been reading just because I follow a million people on Instagram and they're all like, well, Aries first is a cardinal sign, so it's tons of energy and fire, and of course, like, I have an Aries rising, and they say, like, your rising sign in astrology is the sign everyone else sees you as. Oh. So, it's, like, fiery and intense, and, like, I can definitely become fiery and intense, because <laughs> my actual sign is a Cancer, which is super watery and emotional, which I can also be that, but sometimes when I'm, like, really, woo, I'm, like, a little fiery. Like it. So, um, yeah, Aries is that cardinal sign of spring that ignites all new beginnings and changes and starts putting a fire under our boots, shall we say, to, like, get things going. And then Mercury just went direct, so that means we're out of Mercury retrograde, which is that wonderful time in the universe where, like, communication sucks and, like, all of your travel and transportation plans go kablooey, which you're just saying that oh, yeah, mine you did. missed a flight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I got stuck on a tarmac for an hour, so that makes yeah. sense. So, um, yeah, I feel like it's time for all the good things to start happening. Oh, cool. Okay, I get that. I see it. And then all the trees are blooming. All I'm the looking trees out. are blooming. I look at your window, and there's just, like, beautiful flowers, but that also means pollen. Yeah. So a lot of sneezing's been happening for me lately. A lot of congestion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to April Palmer for catalyzing our Patreon. Oh, yeah. Hey, supporters April. With your pledge. So we support you. If anyone else wants to support the podcast, feel free to go to www.patreon.com slash podcast. Okay, so who do we have this week? This week we have Melody Shorts. Oh, love Melody. She's so cute. And, like, her outfits, I always tell her, like, you always look so good. Like, your outfits are always just on point. I like it. That's important to me. <laughs> so, it is important. Looking good is important. So she's going to be talking a lot about her community and, you know, the things that are going on in Richmond and what it looks like as we move into this new space where entrepreneurship is becoming more accessible to people and kind of how she has helped herself by reaching out to her community and creating things while also helping them kind of grow their own entrepreneurial aspirations as well. So Melody is somebody that I just really admire in her ability to integrate other people and see other people's, what they're good at um, and how her successes can not only help her, obviously, but can really like spill over, you know, and her cup spill over into other people's lives. And her story of where she is now and where she started like, we're going back to the music world. Oh, yeah. And we're talking, like, 
records and all the fun, magical things. She's also on OWN Network, you know. I mean, she's on a TV show. She's on a TV show. It's pretty cool. So So, anyway, without further ado, here's Melody Short. This season of the Next Tuesday podcast is brought to you by our lovely sponsors, one of which is Riot and Revel. Riot and Revel is a designer of paper goods, wedding stationery, brands, creative, custom merriment for all of life's celebrations. You can find her online at www.riotandrevel.com or riot.and.revel on Instagram. Heather basically gave us the glow up we needed to go from trailer park to, I don't know, you know, the Chrysler building. So if you are wondering why we started looking so good all of a sudden, it's because of Heather. And our second sponsor of this spring series is Vanessa Selick of Storybook Imaging and Intimate Chapters. She's a lifestyle and boudoir photographer who captured our quirkness, weirdness, and downright authentic selves. You can find her at www.storybkimaging.com or www.intimatechapters.com. If you're looking for her on Instagram, you can find her at Intimate Chapters or Storybook, B-O-O-K, Imaging. Thanks so much, you guys. We are so appreciative for our sponsors. Take a check and I'll see you next Tuesday too. Women supporting more women. It was a dark and stormy night at the next Tuesday headquarters. Just kidding. It's actually dark and stormy, but I mean, whatever. What up, guys? Karen Sue's here. (laughs) Here with the next Tuesday podcast. And tonight we are actually here with one of my favorite people, Melody Short. She is the co-owner of the Artisan Cafe in Richmond. She's also the director of brand development at Aquaba Bed and Breakfast Inns. How fun is that to say? Aquaba. I know. I just want to like, there's some words that just feel good in your mouth and that that definitely does. (laughs) (laughs) And tell us what Aquaba means. Aquaba means welcome in Ghana. Amazing. That's probably why I feel so good to say. Probably. Yeah. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit, I mean, you got two kind of very different things Mm -hmm. going on, but they're also kind of the same. So Mm -hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, where you came from, and how you got to where you are. So I'm a native of Richmond, Virginia, and so I left Richmond to go to college at 17, and I- 17 to college. Heck well, yeah. That was because I have a late birthday. Same. It's not because I'm super smart. <laughs> it's just Wait, like, you're September too, right? October. Oh, you're October. End of October. Darn it. Yeah. So um, and I went away to school. I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore. I was a marketing major and was obsessed with the music industry, like obsessed. And I grew up in a household where there's no silence, so you learn how to sleep through any and everything. My father, I think somewhere in his brain, he thought he was like a local Barry Gordy. So (laughs) it almost felt like we had a music studio in our home. Yeah. And so my, I was really good at like getting the word out. I didn't even know it was called marketing when I was in high school. Right. And so I took up marketing and I said, I want to get in the music industry. And, um, you know, fate will have it that I landed a job in my junior year in college with Sony Music Distribution. Heck yeah. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers, but I also worked there. Did well, you? I yeah. didn't know that. No, we definitely had this conversation because I remember something happened to someone you worked with. Um, someone who passed away and yes, you were going to New York and exactly. I was like, oh my gosh, I used to work at Sony Music and like we had a minute and then, but we you were did. so like, you were upset, I obviously. Know. So yeah. that's probably why you don't remember. But yeah, I worked there too. Hey. Yes, so connections. 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 Um, 
And so I, when I finished up at Morgan, I was offered a full-time position. So at that time, I worked out of the Maryland office, which was in Beltsville. And there was a Maryland office of Sony? Once upon a time, the distribution side. Oh, oh, yeah. and there was physical products. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. Once long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I was offered a position to be a film marketing representative, but it required that I relocate to New York, which I was totally for that. And so I moved from working out of the urban music department as a college rep to moving into mainstream. So I was working every artist that existed from Bob Dylan to System of a Down. I didn't even know who System of a Down was. But I would be in these (laughs) concerts and I'm like banging my head. I'm like, what What am I doing? What is this? To John Mayer, to Wu-Tang Clan, to... You know, just all genres. And so my territory was Long Island. I was responsible for ensuring there was visibility at retail level for every phase of the album being released. And so at Sam Goody, Tower Record, I just heard that the founder of Tower Record died this week. Ooh. But FYE, you know, when record stores were in existence. Yeah, yeah so, you're um, like talking about all my old home Oh, really? <laughs> Tower Record. Yeah. Yes. So, um... I, I did some work there, and then I was I received another promotion. That required me to relocate again. And so I moved to Texas, um, to Dallas, to be exact. And I was the urban marketing manager for Sony Music, covering the Southwest Territory. Now I'm back in the urban music department. And so I'm responsible for all the um, hip-hop, R&B, gospel, jazz, um, as it relates to visibility at the retail level. Now, no longer at the chain retail stores, now at mom and pop record stores. So remember that because it's going to all come full circle. So working with the mom and pop um, record store owners, you know, down south, they own restaurant. They may own the record store. They own the gas station. Yeah. They own the restaurant. So they're feeding you. And you're noticing, you know, that they don't have, like there's some areas of opportunity to improve some of their business practices, right? And so they become family. And so that was my first take on like working up and close with a small business owner. Changes happened in the industry. Uh, they closed the branch in, the, in in Texas. I was without a job. And I said, you have to move me back to New York because I don't want to be out here anyway. I just moved here for the job, <laughs> right? And so they were so kind enough to relocate me back, offered me my previous position, you know, at early, early 20s. I don't know who the hell you think you are, but I said no. I didn't have another job, but I was like, I don't want because that's going to set me back with my money. And I'm like... <laughs> But it's kind of like, who did you think you are? And then I was also in in negotiations with Matthew Knowles, so Solange and Beyonce's father. Okay. Because in Texas, I had done a lot of work for Solange's first album, Solo Star. I set up a first album um, release party and all that jazz. And so when I came back to New York, he's like, uh, the lady who signed... Destiny's Child, Teresa LaBarbera's white. She said, you know, Matthew Knowles is trying to get in touch with you. Um, he wants to talk to you about this position. No big deal. And yeah. I, But look, ego still. I'm like, I'm not moving back to Texas. So it must oh, Well, that's, <laughs> well so, yeah, that's probably a good thing because then they like, oh, they yeah. don't talk anymore, right? Yeah. So it's like, I, but we still had a few meetings and I came there with my portfolio. He's like, I don't need to see all of that. Like, I know what your work is. And I'm like. Hmm, okay. Oh and we were negotiating and just he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. So I was without a job. I was trying to find myself. I went to, I said, what am I going to do with my life? Went to a bed and breakfast in Cape May, New Jersey. I was obsessed with Essence Magazine growing up as a little girl. So I knew all the editor-in-chiefs. 
I knew I went to this bed and breakfast specifically because it was owned by a former editor-in-chief of Essence Magazine, Monique Greenwood. I go, don't know what to expect. Never even stayed at a bed and breakfast before. Yeah, it's like, do people need to talk to me? Trying to find my life. I don't know. I'm like, I need to go be near the water. Go do something different. And Kate May is beautiful. Yeah. So she, I go and she opens the door and I'm like, why, why is she opening the door for me? No concept of what operations are like being an uh, innkeeper or owner of a bed and breakfast. And the rest is history. I fast for that was 15 years ago. Wow. And so after that chance meeting, I said, I want to do this. People pay you to drink up your shit. People come to my house to eat my food all the time yeah. and drink up my stuff all the time. Hey, wanted, you know, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a bed and breakfast. Went back to New York and enrolled myself in a program in Brooklyn called uh, Webo, Workshop and Business Opportunities. And it was a 16-week entrepreneurship course. I opened up my first, this is before Airbnb. And so my friends today, they're like, you were the original Airbnb. I opened up, wait for it. This is so corny. Melody Joy's Bed and Breakfast. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. It. No, it's so It's cheesy. so precious. But I was so serious about it. I had a friend who was like a major photographer now, but we were all just coming up, finding our way. Yeah. So he would, he did all like my marketing collateral. I mean, this thing was running, operating under the table. <laughs> and I, I was so, I was like, this is official. I had a one year anniversary. I had yes. artwork. I had a friend who no was- No licenses, a, but it was fine. It was good. And the brownstone owner didn't even care. Well, yeah. Because like people were just like, yeah, that's fine. You're making money. She didn't care. Bills. Uh, and so I stayed in touch with the owner of, of Aquava and became began to work for her. Became her apprentice, and she said, if a position opens up full time at one of my properties, I will offer it to you. And she did that, and I moved to DC, and the rest is history. Fifteen years later, I'm still part of the family. I left, but you're still part of the family, and now I handle marketing and branding. So what's what's one of the cool things that we haven't touched on about Aquaba yet? One of the cool things was there's two things. Um, <laughs> you know, guests stay the guests that stay with us, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot we, we you know celebrities stay with us because they want to be under the radar, and then having relationships with guests that may have stayed ten fifteen years ago that have become your family. You know, it's I mean they come to your baby's events, they become aunties and uncles, they become mentors um, because it's truly as you welcoming them into your home, so they feel equally excited about the relationship um but the other piece for me that's is i'm so inspired about the opportunity to work for this black woman that has really pulled herself up by her bootstrap she didn't come from money but her family encouraged education in a major way right and so i'm, I'm working for a woman who who said that she wanted to be the editor-in-chief of essence magazine i mean we all say we want to do many things but she just really commits to these things, right? And she became editor-in-chief. And then to be, you know, to say, I want to own a property um, so that we can have a place to stay for each season. And so now there's four locations and we're, you know, there was five at one, there's five locations, but two in one city. But we had a location in New Orleans at one point, you know, so being able to work for and with a family that is so committed to legacy building, but also really committed to empowering people within the community. It's like, I mean, who doesn't want to work for someone like that? Yeah. So what's the other part of what you do? Um, at, so like at Artisan Cat, like we're just, Artisan so Cafe. just bouncing over there. So there's okay. like another like portion of your life that we haven't even touched on. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Artisan Cafe uh, was founded by myself and Adrian Johnson here um, in Richmond. Uh, really to feel like a, a void. When we returned back to Richmond, I came back after I had my daughter. She came back after the passing of her father. Um, and we saw that the arts movement was thriving here. VCU had a major hand in that, right? But we saw gaps in representation of women, 
and representation of people of color. And then I also want a little bit of the sauce that I was able to experience in Brooklyn and DC. And so we kind of just brought all of that flavor down here just to make sure there's things that are balanced given artists and women of color, women and artists of color the opportunity to, you know, you know, have opportunities for visibility just like other artists. And so um, we started off with pop-up shops around town and different galleries. We were finalists in a startup competition through the Chamber of Commerce, which really raised our visibility for the brand. And we opened up a pop-up shop for six months in Stony Point. Which is awesome. It was supposed to be like an artist co-op. It's supposed to be six months. That's it. Didn't have any dreams of being a retail store owner. Like, that was not <laughs> in the cards. Not on the radar. No, but we stayed for two months. I mean, two years. I'm sorry. And it became, it was just so much fun. And artists feel so empowered. And they are so loyal. And they are so, so if we say this uh, uh, film festival wants us to activate the space, you know, in Philadelphia. You know, they want Artisan Cafe to bring in vendors. Would you be down? I mean, they come as far as south as Florida. For wow, us. Wow. And as far north as Connecticut. It's amazing. But there's it's this community I feel like that we've built. So the journey continues. That's awesome. I, I think know. listening to your story, one thing that strikes me is you had the foresight to enroll yourself in an entrepreneurial program mm-hmm. rather than just starting something. Yeah. And in your twenties when you have all this ego and it's yes. like I can do everything. <laughs> yes. What was that and how did you get involved in that program and make that decision rather mm-hmm. than just starting something? Or what was that process like for you? I wanna say I learned about the program through one of my dear friends who owned an artist co op in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. and made the suggestion, you know, although I'd gone to, actually was enrolled at the Earl Graves School of Business at Morgan. I mean, you can't get enough, right? And then I had mm-hmm. to create the business plan. And, um, you know, you're not in college. This is like for me, real life, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, a friend encouraged me after she had any experience of, you know, noticing, okay, I could use some additional training mm-hmm. in a few different areas. Yeah, so I was happy to be a part of that program. So what are some of the challenges that you've run into kind of starting these these things and, and juggling the different plates? And, mm-hmm. and what does that look like? Crazy. <laughs> you know, we're just all trying to figure it out. I always say to people, you know, everyone I feel like is trying to strive for the same thing. They want Everybody wants balance, right? And I'm like, when you find it and how to get there, don't keep it to yourself. Make yeah. sure you let me know. I think... You know, and then you're evolving. So what I wanted a year ago, there's been some change. You know, some things are fundamental. But, you know, if you're a lifelong student, you're being exposed to more things. So you're like, okay, these dreams are getting a little bit bigger. Or, you know what, maybe that's not. So balance for me is just like trying to keep it, pull it all together. I'm a mom of an almost 10-year-old. And so managing her life, her schedule. But I saw... Beautiful, wonderful, smart, (laughs) artistic. I appreciate it. You know, I, I'm like, I feel like we have one life. Like, and I don't want to miss it. I want to do everything that I, that I want to do in this life. You know, as long as it's not causing harm and it's helping other people. And I, I don't feel that I can't do what I want to do. You know, it's just kind of like maybe I need some resources to get there. But I'm like, yep, I want to do that. So that's what I'm going to do. So I think kind of like trying to manage those dreams too. And yeah. like also know that your journey, there's levels to it. So some things aren't necessarily meant for me to do right now at this moment. There's mm-hmm. some lessons that I need to be getting before I jump fully into some of these projects. So I'm trying to, at this present time, I'm trying to like be mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you do that? Like, what are some practices you have to Girl. stay mindful of the big dreams? Because I think 
too, you mentioned how things change Mm -hmm. and it's okay for things to change. Mm -hmm. And I was talking in an event the other night about how I think sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves and we, what we tell people we're doing. It's like, I said this out loud. How do I now rescind these things that I'm like, this is my big thing. (laughs) Uh, So what's some of your advice to those listening or what has worked for you Mm -hmm. in those moments of awareness? I think, um, so one thing I have done, I'm going to tell you one thing I have done and one thing that I'm trying to work on and be more deliberate about, intentional about. So like who I keep around me. Mm -hmm. I'm very intentional about my circle Mm -hmm. of who I, you know, because we're all essentially on these journeys individually, but also together, you know, we're a community, right? And so my tribe, I'm very intentional about who's part of my tribe um, because they can oftentimes, they'll they'll remind you of your, for me, even just like recently, I've been going through some craziness. And sometimes you kind of, being human, you just kind of like start to question and doubt things. Yeah. And they're there to like pull you up and be like, pull that shit together. Okay, do you know who you are? Right, right. <laughs> do you know who you are? Like, don't get caught up and don't let people sidetrack you. Because Your ego is lying to Yeah, you. yeah. It's, you know, and don't, you know, other people and how they see you has nothing to do with, that's their stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm very intentional about my tribe. But I am, like, in this moment, that's why I just love being in this space. Like, seeing, I keep looking to my left, right? Like, I'm trying to be more on purpose about the spiritual work. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. So important. It is so important, you know, because I feel like it helps. Like, things have been kind of a little ugly for me this year. And it, you can, you can like, get out of yourself and do and say things that you're, like, the next day you're like, why did I do that? But if there was some, if I was more centered, right, like, I'll at least think about it sooner. And so I am trying to, like, I have... You know, my books and trying to, this book I'm reading, personal, what is it? Personal power through awareness. Like I'm a Scorpio, but I'm super emotional and just trying to balance that thing all out. Right. Mm -hmm. And then like, I would say maybe a little over a year ago, I started getting into the crystal. So I started making these purchases. Now it's like a year later, I forget what each crystal stands for. So I'm like, well, I don't know what this means. (laughs) It's okay. You know, (laughs) crystals pull you in, you grab what you need. And so it doesn't really matter the meaning. Like that's all cognitive, Mm -hmm. but whatever you're attracted to is probably something you need to invite into your life. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's the energy of the stone that's Mm -hmm. ultimately cleansing you, clearing you, Mm -hmm. and then giving you that connection Mm -hmm. to whatever it is you're working for. I like it. I'm like Amazing. a crystal queen. I love it. I Susie's love rocking it. her like big ass ring right I love now. It. It's so cute. You got that. I haven't seen you since you got that or at least since you've been wearing it. Oh yes. It, it is. is a quartz unicorn heart by Vanessa Baba Jewelry. She's amazing. I She's a friend it. of a friend. It's so fly. Mm. Um, that's another thing I wanted to talk to you about is your fashion sense because it's fantastic. <laughs> Every time you walk in, I'm always like, what? You look so good. <laughs> Thank you. So what is like, what does fashion mean to you? Because I feel like it means, well, we've talked about it a little bit actually at one point because I remember, I don't remember what it was exactly you said, but I was like, oh, that's interesting. How do you... Dr- determine what to wear and like what you dress yourself in i don't think much about it unless it's some like event or something Mm -hmm. other than that during the week there's really no rhyme or reason i do try to wear a handmade piece because i'm such a big supporter of independent artisans and so i know that i try to wear some type of statement piece because essentially i'm promoting their business so Mm -hmm. it's just like a part of my thing like to help so every day i try to wear something that's handmade so I can say, oh, this is 
a new rock metal out of Philadelphia, who I've been friends with for some time now. You know, that's all. I, I mean, so I like to wear statement pieces. I like to, um, I'm, you know, I, if it's an event, I put a lot of thought into it. It's, for me, it's very important that I look a certain kind of way. Just, you know, some basics, some solace, or I'm very much so, and this is before Black Panther, which I love Black Panther, but... I am very much so into like um, African print mm-hmm. attire. For years, one of my good friends owned a shop in Brooklyn called um, Harry's Alter Ego, and she made all the clothes. Oh, cool! And so, I mean, this is like almost tw- almost twenty years ago. Like I've been rocking. I still have some of those pieces. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't look at myself as this fashionista. You know, I just well, that's what makes it... like this shit to look right. I don't want to look crazy. <laughs> you know, you and... always look so like you look like. So pulled together and so nice, but at the same time, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like that's normal. That's not like I'm like gonna go to like a fashion blog and see these people wearing stuff that I would never wear, and I'm I'm just like, oh, you look great. And that's one of the things that I do really like about because we had talked about you know, you had a couple events and you were like, I want to make sure that I'm like wearing people or like wearing designers. I think I probably talked to you. We probably got, I mean, probably every week, yeah, yeah. You were like, I want to make sure that I'm wearing somebody that like it was either like benefiting a small business or it's like been made by somebody or blah, 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 blah. And you're like, but I also like ASOS. So like, that's cool too. Yeah. <laughs> give it some balance. You know what? It's a I, good balance. I think that, um, so there's two thoughts. So I, when I'm saying like, I don't put too much thought in, I think maybe I'm lying a little bit about that because I grew up with like aunties, my dad's sisters were like, they don't play, they don't play now. So I would come home from college and if I had, you know, the look where you would have pants on under a dress or mm-hmm. something, they'll be like, take those pants off and show those legs. I mean, they are divas, fashionistas, their wigs, their jewelry. Everything is over the top yes. for them. It's no, it's never a question of, is this too much? There's no such thing as too much. Mm-hmm. If everybody's wearing sneakers, that has nothing to do with you. So that's, <laughs> I was kind of raised like, like around my aunties. And yeah. I say that to my daughter, which is so crazy. It's like, you be you, you know. Um, Which is rare because not everyone is telling us to be ourselves, right? Yeah. There's so much expectation and pressure of be like that person or like I want to be like this person. Remembering especially at a young age to stay true to ourselves yeah. and to find those innate joys that we have and honor them mm-hmm. is a gift, really. It it's important. I think it's important to, to you know, there's some things my daughter, I'm like, you're representing me when you go out this door, but I'm going to let you just rock. Go ahead and do that. You do you. Um, it's fine. But what you were talking about um, when we did the show, mm-hmm. I am also really big on recognizing opportunities that you are blessed with that others may not, right? Mm-hmm. So if I'm on this TV show that's on this major network. Can you talk about that TV show for yeah. those who don't know I about can. it? Yeah, what yeah. TV show? I, so the show... Um, it's called Checked In, I-N-N. And so Aquaba landed a show on the OWN Network. And so our last air date was in, in December. So we're waiting to see if we get a second season, fingers crossed. Um, but it was seven episodes on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Like, Love what? that girl. Homegirl Oprah. Yeah, that's crazy. She was like, it's amazing. Of, was she? Oh, it was Ellen and Oprah. You were like, I want to meet Ellen and Oprah. And yeah. Like, oh, they're, they're, they're like my, my daughter, inspiration. She asked me if I can write to Ellen so that she could be on the show. <laughs> we love Ellen. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I would have packages come all the time because for me, I'm on this network and this could be a one-time th- deal, right? For seven episodes. So every episode, I am going to wear something by an independent artist. Amazing. Now, you can't wear, you can't, you know, have FUBU, you know, cause they'll, right. because the network wants to be paid for that, you know, product positioning, right? Yeah. But I can absolutely have these earrings on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know what's happening, you know? And 
for the artist, they can say, my piece is what I want. I mean, that's how you do it. That's what I love about Frankie and Grace, Frankie's Jewelry. I'm not familiar. Um, oh, it's oh an, you need to watch a spiritual show. Okay, like Frankie, Frankie and Grace. Grace. You have yeah. these two older women that their husbands turn out to be gay and in love, and so they they their husbands divorce them, and they're the women polar are super polar. Yeah, and they end up. Long story short, they end up starting a um, vibrator company, a sex toy company at age like sixty. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. Frankie and it's Grace that, is kind no. of like Caroline and me. It I'm Frankie is. and Caroline is Grace. I am Jane Fonda. Yes, yeah. I, will, I will take that any day. Jane Fonda's. But oh, I do love Lily Tomlin too. It's great. It's I really, have to look yeah. at it. But okay. similar, they have this amazing jewelry on there, and who, like I've googled Frankie's yeah. jewelry because I'm like, who makes this? Like this I want to know who's doing know. this. This it's is all, amazing. Yeah. yeah, I would have my African print shirts on, and I just, I mean, you know, and hopefully somebody did exactly what you did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what was it like to be on a TV show? Weird. <laughs> It was very strange, you know, because the thing is, we have re- businesses still operating. Right. We have real work to do. So this right. is like The Bachelor reality, like live TV style. It's live TV style. And, you know, they the producers have the storyline that they want to deliver, mm-hmm. you know, but it was still our first time and we're not, we're not actors and actresses and we right. have like a house full of guests. So I don't like, know that I was the best person. You didn't see me a ton. I, you saw me in every episode, but I would be like, okay, you finished? I go up to my room and I'm like doing work. And then they would text me. They're like, Melody, can you stay downstairs? I'm like, what you, what you need? Because. <laughs> and so, I have stuff to do. Guys. Yeah. So they'll say, well, when you're doing your work, can you sit at the bar so the cameras could at least see you in the background? I'm like, oh, okay. One of the, so I like asking and why I'm like was digging on that is because I think that kind of like is very true to your just everything you do, where everything you do really like focuses on giving back to small business. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you're kind of like this like honeybee going around and just like pollinating different mm-hmm. flowers mm-hmm. and just like helping them grow. Mm-hmm. And so every little like aspect of what you have kind of like grown into mm-hmm. is really reinforcing this community in a way. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that people who listen to this podcast especially strive for and mm-hmm. strive to hear and strive to know how they can like be more supportive and do more things and like helps small business owners in different ways so like what are some of the big recommendations you would have for maybe somebody who says like okay you know maybe I'm not a small business owner maybe I'm whatever maybe I don't have enough money to go patronize every small business or what are just some ways that we can kind of give back mm-hmm. to small business owners? Yeah, to small business owners I and think, support our community. I think you start with your your own talents or interests because it doesn't, then it doesn't feel like so much like work. You know, everybody is like overbooked, overscheduled, right? And so, so everybody's volunteering somewhere. But I think you start with what is it that you're passionate about or what, what is it that you do for your day job? Are you an accountant? If you're an accountant. You know, maybe go through, you know, the Chamber of Commerce has a program where you can be a mentor. I think it's called Thrive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so you, there's so many opportunities to, to volunteer, so many nonprofits that are looking um, for the expertise of people, CPAs or legal advice, um, you know, marketing advice or feedback. So I think you start with your talents because it, well, it, that, that that's natural, mm-hmm. you know, and then... You start with your talents and, and think about what you have to offer. And then you can, um, if, if it's a small business, 
you can call me or email me. And I'm happy <laughs> to tell you because I have access to these nonprofits that are doing work in Richmond. There's this, you know, it's like this ecosystem that's in existence. And um, one of the things that I am doing from an advocacy standpoint, like I'm getting my phone out because I want to make sure I'm saying this correctly because this is very, very new. But Ooh, um, hot off the presses. Ooh, but the, fancy. the the this current administration has um, a few, some. I guess all the administrations may have had it. I just never heard of it before. But different advisory boards. And this um, is local. Is this city of Richmond? This is city of city of Richmond. Right. And so I am on the advisory board for the Minority Business Enterprise and Emerging Small Business um, Advisory Board for the city of Richmond. So essentially, we are to be a resource to small business owners. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's a bunch of players in the city. Um, mm-hmm. But again, start with your skill set. What do you have to offer? And then you can reach out to the chamber and see what those needs are. Metropolitan Business League, the Black Chamber, um, 804 RVA. I mean, there is so, it's like on and on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, it sounds like community is such a value to you. Mm-hmm. And giving back is something that you're obviously doing. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what was that beginning of like recognizing that community was so important? And mm-hmm. it also sounds like you're so connected to all these relationships you've had since beginning your career to kind of getting to this place where you are now. Mm-hmm. How has kind of identifying those relationships and staying connected supported mm-hmm. you as you continue to grow professionally and uh-huh. figuring out what the next thing is. Okay, so when did I recognize it? So growing up, like my father, my mom was a public school teacher. Um, my father, and she still like helps out like in a substitute capacity to this date. And my father worked parks and recreation for the city. Um, growing up and still does. I think he's been there for forever, for a hundred, for a hundred years. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, my father, my father is from Wickham court and he worked. Can you explain what that, what like Wickham court? Okay. Can you explain the, so like, like the courts in a way that. Yeah. The courts are the we, projects we in Richmond. Yeah. yeah. The courts are like the housing projects in the city of Richmond. So my father was raised by my single mother, seven kids and Wickham Court, right? But he now works in Creighton Court, which is another housing project. So essentially he has known these families or he's grown up with these people like forever. This is family. And my father would do things like we had a garden back in the day and he would bring kids and that's in Churchill and that my parents live in the South side. So he would bring kids over, you know, being a teenager, you're just obnoxious and just like <laughs> stupid. And I, you know, I'm like, why are these kids? Is this the rec center? I mean, didn't he just leave the rec center? Like what's yeah. happening? Or he would have them, they can come and spend a night. And I'm like, are we running a foster home? What's happening here? Obnoxious teenager. Looking back, you're like, this guy, what he was doing is showing them another side of town. We take those things for granted. Yeah. Just another side of town. Another way of living. Exposing the children to, you know, have fresh fruit and vegetables. Just little things. Um, And I think I started to recognize that in my 20s. But I started to see the impact of witnessing that as a child in my 30s. And I mean, he lives in brief service. He, he, you know, my father would dress up as Santa Claus. He called it Kunta Claus every year and, and take gifts to the employees at 7-Eleven because for their children, because they had to work, you know, those things. And again, as a kid, you're like, I need you here with me. You going to 7-Eleven taking these kids toys, you know, but, um, 
But he showed you how to care for people in a Deeply. way that was yep. just I mean, helping what he saw. So Not even giving. finding another cause, just literally going to things he recognized oh, he could make an impact. I mean, didn't make a ton of money, but Gabe would give you the, his last, right? Mm-hmm. And so as far as the relationship piece, I will say that that's one of my strong suits. So I am a connector. Like, you know, even my friends, they're like, you still in touch with that person from 20 years ago? I'm like, Yeah. It has served me well mm-hmm. to maintain relationships. You know, we may not talk every day or every month for that matter, but have it set up so that you can always reach out. But the other piece is twofold. Make yourself available to people too. And I do that and that may be exhausting for some, but for me, it's just a part of, it's a part of community building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for those who are like boundaries, boundaries, like boundaries, I feel like comes up all the time oh, in gosh. business and relationships do and all those things. I don't do good with that. Yeah. I'm working on it. (laughs) So what would you say for someone working on that? Mm Because, you know, making ourselves available for everyone, especially in our businesses, sometimes is depleting for ourselves. Oh, yeah. Um, And so how do we stay available in terms of, like, what you've noticed and are working with and trying to get kind of that balance? Mm -hmm. We talk about balance. Um, What are some of the things you've noticed in terms of that or making that work for you? So um, I have a good model. My best friend does this very well, you know, and I, at one point I used to be like, you're stone cold, you know, like that is, <laughs> you is no flexible. you know, for me, I would see it as like, there's no flexibility with you, Yeah. but no, it's like setting boundaries and people just rise to the occasion and she's super efficient at what she does. And so, you know, timeline, you know, timing around. So like entrepreneurs reach out to me all hours of the night at one point, And I would say, and still do, the one in particular, and I'm like, I will respond. You know, like I might get a text message and she'll kill me. Jesus, but it might be at eight o'clock, a message at seven or eight in the morning. Did you get the email? And I'm like, first of all, it's seven something. I'm just trying to scramble and get out of this house and get my child to school. You talking about an email? And then I'll go and look at the email. You sent that email at five o'clock this morning. Well, of course I have. I, of course I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah. I said, what is happening here? I have, I've had to learn how to like put up some boundaries with clients because I'm like, I'm not going to answer. Oh, especially you. I can only imagine. <laughs> everything is urgent. Yeah, everything's urgent. And then the world is coming to an end, yeah. right? But, but I mean, I have learned like it is their world. Like their business is their world, you know? So I try to put myself in that situation where like, okay, if you're, get, you're getting sued for this and you're like sitting in your bed, obviously you're going to be freaking out. But I definitely try to do the whole like, if you text me after 7.30 p... If you text me, period... I will tell you to email me because, like, I can't keep track of texts. Yeah. And then, like... She really can't. Important yeah, I information. Really can't. You know, like, I'm really... <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, email me, first of all. Second of all, like, I will answer you between, like, 8 a.m. and 7.30 p.m. That's, like, a good, like, almost 12 that hours. Yeah, that's a chunk. Yeah. It's a big old chunk. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so usually I'm... Yeah, I'm working... You know, one thing that I said... And I need to do better. I said, when I come home, the days that I come straight home from work with my daughter, uh, once we get home, don't take any phone calls. So like from like six to nine and then turn the phone back on. So I want to start doing that. I'll be working from home. So I I, I should be able to do that better working from home. It's hard. Yeah. I mean. I like turning the phone off though, because then literally you can't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. Then I get anxiety. I'm like, oh my God, what if like, somebody's trying to get a hold of me and like somebody 
you know, fell off a roof or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a society we live in though. You know, yeah. you're just like, oh, I didn't always have a phone on me. Like we didn't have a car phone necessarily all the time. And no. sometimes it was dead. Like it's Exactly. So. What about you? Do you do a good job with that? With boundaries? I'm pretty good. Are you? I'm also really impatient though. So I'm also the person that if someone doesn't respond to me within like 48 hours, I'm like banging on the door email wise or like, texting being like yeah did you get that because like I'm waiting for a response um but yeah generally I I struggle sometimes with being available because I set the boundaries Mm -hmm. and so I struggle with that flexibility in my mind of Mm -hmm. like making an exception or like deciding if I am available am I doing it because like I have to be intentional about it and Mm -hmm. know my why like if it's not centered or coming from a place where it is mutually serving and it's just like outwardly focused Mm -hmm. I think what I'm really learning is to prioritize myself Mm -hmm. and I think like there's this outdated model of being selfish Mm -hmm. and I think that I'm Mm -hmm. learning that how I treat myself is how I allow other people to treat me and I think I'm learning that how I treat myself is also how I'm going to treat others. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this last night as well. I did um, a speech on self-care. And growing up, we're taught the golden rule, do to others as you mm-hmm. want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And I I now question, like, why aren't we telling people to do unto others as we would treat ourselves? Mm-hmm. Because, like, from that model, we're thinking that what we do to others comes back to us. Yeah. And so we're always looking out. We're not thinking of about our actions or how yeah. we're treating ourselves or yeah. what we're doing to me. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like, your world is really created from your perception and from yourself and from how you feel. Mm-hmm. And we're so disconnected from that that... Mm-hmm it becomes all about everyone else. And, you know, I think we are in a society and we want to give and we want to do these things. And it is so important, especially as entrepreneurs and business owners, that we know what we're doing and what our limits are and and who we are to the extent that we can set those boundaries and understand where we want to be available. Right. Daily struggle. Daily. It is such a struggle. And I think that's too, it's it's like no, accepting that yeah. and allowing that. Not and feeling bad for it being a struggle. Yeah, we're just doing like, our well, best. We're figuring it out. Yeah. Another thing I suck at. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we asked this to everyone this spring series. And we're asking, what is one of the best pieces of business advice someone gave you that you implement into your business day to day? You put people on the spot. We do. No, that's a good question. I would say, so which one? I mean, there's been so many nuggets. You can say more than one if you yeah. want. We're um, not strict here. We like all the wisdom. I mean, this is so, this is not like all deep. That's okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be deep. But it's, it's, it's making the list. Yep. Daily. Yep. It's making the list daily to guide your day. Now, you know, some people do weekly lists. Um, but, but what weekly? Yeah. I can't yeah. So it's, you know, it helps just kind of with the flow. My mentor does that. And I like to handwrite it. I know we have all these apps to do no, all these things, but it's something it about physically crossing it off, right? Mm. This enormous sense of accomplishment. Yes. Um, again, very basic, but I don't know if that, that could apply to personal and not just business. Um, this is something that I've been told recently. And I would say that I'm really, for the first time, I was told this and I was reminded to bet on yourself. 
to always bet on yourself. You have the tools to get what it is that you need to get done. And, you know, for me as God, whatever that higher power is for you, you know, be in alignment, right? Do the work and you can get it, get it done. Bet on yourself. That was, that was said to me by one of my favorite local business owners, Neverett Eggleston. He's the owner of Croker Spot and Sugar's Crab Shack and he's opening up another place, but he said, looked me dead in my eye when I've kind of been going through stuff. It's like, you need to bet on yourself because you have what you need to be successful. Love that. I do love that. Love yeah. that. So what's next? Where are we, where do we go? Where are you going from here? What's next? So I am going to start with Aquaba in a full-time capacity in a few weeks. I'm giving myself two weeks of no work. Amazing. Um, just to, you know. You just need to get some things in order and just relax. Yes. I was Self-care. told I was told to do something fun, so I'll do that, get the home office pulled together. Um, my daughter is on a competition team, so I'll be having that first experience next week. What kind of competition? Dance. Oh, awesome. Yay. So she dances next weekend and then every month for the next two months. But as it relates to business, um, we have a contract with the Black History Museum, we mean in the Artisan Cafe. And mm-hmm. so we help curate the retail space. Oh, cool. um, so we will be taking the rest of this year to really get that space to a place that uh, management is proud of, the city is proud of. My goal is for it to be a retail destination for the city. So you don't have to necessarily, you know, just go to the museum to see the exhibits, which we want you to do that. But right. when you think about, oh, it's your birthday, you know, someone's birthday, you need to get gifts, consider the local museum right. to purchase your gifts. So really yeah. working on getting that space to a place where we are on the radar for folks in the city. Awesome. And so that's with the Artisan Cafe. I'm on the uh, board of Africana Independent Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's programming that happens throughout the year, but the multi-day festival is in the fall. So um, our fearless leader is Anjali Moon. She is a creator um, she's the founder of, of Africana. So, um, whatever, you know, work she will have for us to do, I'll be doing that. I am, yeah. It's, and then, then Aquaba, you know, I really wanted to give up something this year and, um, I gave up something a week ago because I feel that we can immerse ourselves in so many things. Yes. And I think it kind of goes back to what she said. You know, and I don't know that for everybody it's all to say I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Like, but for me, I want to be excellent at what I do. I want yeah. there to be, it's so important that I'm, that there's a certain level of excellence, right? Yes. And if you're, if your hands are in so many pots, it's just not humanly possible mm-hmm. unless you have like this extensive team, which requires money, you know, mm-hmm. to have a assistant and all that good stuff. So, I wanted to give something up and I didn't imagine giving it up the way that I have to, but it all, again, all is working itself out. And so it's the universe kind yeah. of like manifesting. That's and I was exactly just listening what it to is. something today that it's like, we, it's our perception that says like, this happens to me, Yeah, but really it's happening it's, for, it's happening for, and also yeah. like we're having these feelings and emotions and like what's happening within us, mm-hmm. you know, 
is happening within us whether or not this thing is happening. It might trigger it, but it's like when things start to blow up, Uh it's like there's these emotions and things that we as individuals, lessons we need to learn in order to process, to like purify our Mm -hmm. awareness and our consciousness. And the universe is just kind Mm -hmm. because if there wasn't a reason, like Mm -hmm. it would be really unsettling to our ego Mm -hmm. to have no idea why we're feeling so disoriented and like angry and and frustrated Mm -hmm. and then it's like it's just that event that was like oh cool like I need to make peace with this version and feelings and happenings of myself and move forward wiser Mm -hmm. and doing more things that I love no that's absolutely correct so yeah I will be fully immersing myself in my new responsibilities with the quava bed and breakfast ends um I'll be doing more travel between the properties um that's fun. Yeah, we'll be yeah. working on some brain extension opportunities. Yeah, so I'm super excited about this. Feeling super grateful, super blessed, and just nervous too, you know? I yeah. think that that's important, you know, like, don't be so comfortable, even though you've been down with the brand for so many years. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm a student, and I'm learning constantly. So, yeah, yeah that's what's happening. Well, if we want to find you online, where do we find you? For not on, or not online in the in the universe. social media anywhere yeah, yeah. so social media i um i am melody joy short on facebook m-e-l-o-d-y-j-o-y-s-h-o-r-t perfect and then um for instagram i am melody m-e-l-o-d-y underscore short s-h-o-r-t not active on Twitter at all. That's okay. Um, you don't have to be. We're not. Ours just pushes through. And okay. <laughs> and I get notifications. And there's like tweets to look at. And I'm like, oh, I don't really go on that. Shout, Shout out, out to Native. Sorry, Twitter. <laughs> Native always like likes our stuff. I'm like, thanks, guys. <laughs> and then as far as email, um, Melody at Artisan Cafe. V-A, V as in Victor, A as in Apple.com. Awesome. Well, as usual, you can find us. Online at www.nexttuesdaypodcast.com. You can find us on social media, all places at Next Tuesdays Podcast. And if you would love to support the podcast, you can sponsor an episode by applying on the website, or you can donate via PayPal or Patreon. Patreon at www.patreon.com slash podcast and PayPal you can just find on our website. Hell yeah! <laughs> As always, we'll see you next Tuesday! Tuesday.